1: To start this game, Jeremy Lablanci and John Moraski teeing off on one another. And Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, he said, Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Well, it's called like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer, he reaches in a right back right, right. He's not down, he He's just for it. Still Gripson. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Gripson. this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnie Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All oh, right, he, he absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. The sheer stagger by a big... Island on a penalty shot. Scores! Blue guard down the wing. Blue guard bombs away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. This should be good. This should be very
2: good.
0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of the 5 Fight for Fighting Podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today's guest is someone very special, who is was my favorite lightning enforcer growing up, none other than Mr. Andre Waugh. Um, this one is probably the, probably the funniest episode out there. Um, as far as the show goes, Waz just such a character. And he's, you know, uh, if you're up in Montreal and you've seen his show, you'll know that he's fucking hilarious and he's always singing and doing some shit over there on RDS. And we kind of talk about that. I think within the first 10 minutes, I had tears coming out of my damn eyes. I was laughing so fucking hard. But, um, you know, it was uh, it was pretty fun to uh, talk to him. Uh, I talked to him last year before I even had a podcast. Um, I was able to get in contact with him from Chris Nyland and – it was, like, the day before I was supposed to go home. Um, actually, I was visiting Chris Nyland, and it was the day before I was supposed to, like, go home, or I think two days before. And we somehow got brought up in conversation that, you know, Wa was one of my favorite players. Um, and he was like, you know, fuck, I know Wa, And I was like, get the fuck out. He was like, yeah, I'll call him up on the phone for you. And so I was like, holy shit. And, you know, I'm already starstruck meeting my favorite enforcer of all time, Chris Nyland. And then here I am going to be a, about to talk to my favorite lightning enforcer of all time on the phone. So talk about fucking nerding out and being a fucking fanboy. but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, he was able to, I was able to talk to wall on the phone and then sure enough, he somehow, some way, you know, stars aligned and he ended up being in Tampa that like the day after I got home or two days after I got home, something like that. And we ended up meeting up in Orlando and while was super fucking awesome guy about it. Um, you know, I just wanted to meet him. I had a game-worn jersey of his. That's actually when I bought my first game-worn jersey. It was was um, a Flames Andre Wa jersey. And I happened to buy it while I was actually up in Montreal. And then two days later, I'm talking to him. And then about a few days later, I'm actually meeting him. So I actually had him sign it, which I know is a no-no in the game-worn world. But uh, it's I wasn't going anywhere. It's staying in my personal collection. It'll, it'll forever have a home here. So it is what it is as far as the no-nos of game one collecting and whatever, but, you know, he was, like I said, he was super nice about it. It was, um, he, he didn't want me to come all the way out there just to kind of say like hi and bye and then just fucking dip out and leave. So, uh, he was like, you know, we should do something. So I said, you know, let's just grab a couple beers and Actually I ended up bringing my friend um, who was in the Marines with me. He was living with me at the time. And we, uh, we had a great time, man. And you know, even though my buddy, he's not a big hockey fan, he still fucking love talking to him on here. All the fights where he's a big MMA fan and uh, stuff like that. So, you know, here on the other side of it, over here in the hockey world, it uh, was pretty pretty fun for him, and I had a great time. You know, Waz fucking – it's funny. He, he's huge, man. He's fucking huge. Like, <laughs> pictures don't do it justice. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty decent-sized guy. I'm, you know, 6'2". Well, back then I was probably about fucking 40, 60 pounds lighter then. Um, you know, 6'2", and I, I have to look up at this fucking guy, and he's, his fucking hands are like bear paws, and you're like, holy shit. But it was an unreal experience, and you know, I was able to stay in contact with them, and so I really do appreciate uh, Andre taking the time to come onto the show and you know, giving me the time of day as a fan. I really appreciated that, and it's something I'll always, uh, i always remember. So it was, uh, it was a cool experience. And Then, of course, this podcast, like I said, this episode is probably one of the, uh, the funnier ones as far as just you know, comedic stuff. We get off the rails talking about shit, but it's all, it's all fun, and I think everybody, everybody out there is going to enjoy it, and if. You know, it's <laughs> you might need to turn up the volume in the car because, uh, you know, he starts singing. So you might even start singing along. <laughs> fucking A. Um, and you can even look up some videos on YouTube. I was looking some up. Of course, I don't know what the fuck they're saying because it's all in French. So I have zero fucking clue what's going on. But then out of nowhere, you just hear Wa start singing and he'll, you know, do parodies about hockey. But he'll do like famous songs. So he'll do like some Queen or Frank Sinatra on yet another one. I forget. But um, yeah, we talk about it all here, so this was really good, and you know, of course, we talk about winning the Stanley Cup in '04, so which was also another you know memory I'll forever have being a Lightning fan. Well, I mean, I don't really watch them too too much anymore, as we all know. I don't really watch too much anymore, so um, you know, it is what it is. But I did happen to go to a game. I I haven't watched a game on TV, but I get invited every so often from the father-in-law. And We went to the one against the Rangers, and it was like nine to three, I think. It was some ridiculous score, but there happened to be two fights. And it was McDonough versus, I think it was Lemieux, and then Haley versus someone else. But, uh, you know, it's funny. You know, everybody out there on Twitter who says they don't like fighting and hockey and uh, it's, there's no place in the game for it. It was funny because the, um, the arena, when McDonough, after he, he stood up for Vasilevsky and uh, did his thing, sure enough... Standing ovation from everybody in the arena, and it was kind of funny, you know. It wasn't the greatest fight, of course, but you know, it's it's not it's not even about if you win or lose. It's just, you know just having the balls to drop the gloves. So you always appreciate it, and it was funny. It kind of gave me the old vintage like '90s, early 2000s feel because of course they had. uh you know, he won the fight and the crowd standing up and cheering and everything. And then, I mean, this place was fucking loud. It was loud. He was skating off because it was, I think, towards the end of the second period. So there was no time for him to go to the box. So he's skating off. Everybody's fucking cheering just as loud as if it was a fucking goal. And then, you, of course, you got the Beastie Boys fight for your right in the background. And it was just, it's like, it was like I was in a fucking time machine for a second going back because you, you don't see it anymore. Apologize if my dog's barking in the background. That's, um, fiancé coming in. She was uh, out at the nephew's uh, basketball game, but um, yeah, it was it was like a fucking time machine getting back in and that that atmosphere. It was it was the first hockey game I'd been to in probably about 6 years where there was actually a fight and it was just it was crazy. It was just that feeling and the you know, like I said even though it wasn't the greatest fight, you know, it was no fucking Morastev versus Bosse or anything like that, but it was still just that 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 fucking adrenaline rush feeling that you get as a fan, and if you've been to those games where there's a fight, you know what it is, and, you know, people want it gone, but it's funny, that arena of, you know, fucking 17,000 people sure seem to enjoy it, so I don't know what the fuck they're talking about when they say they want fighting gone, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, I'll plug in a couple podcasts here before we get going, because I know you came here to uh, listen to Andre Juan, not myself, but, uh, you know, before before you go, I gotta give a shout-out to, of course, 4th Line Voice. Over there, he just did an episode. Um, he actually has one coming out with old John Nasty Morasty. Speaking of Morasty, so stay tuned for that one. Um, that's gonna be a good one, I think. You know, Morasty's one of my favorites, so I can't wait to listen to that. And of course, you got William over at the Biscuit who has the uh, doing breakfast with the Bellamy. You know, those fucking Bellamy's, me and Darren were talking, they fucking grow like weeds out there, man. Jesus, they're everywhere. Um, you got gold medal winners, fucking fighters in the SPHL and fucking FHL and shit. It's great. Um, and of course, if for your for your today's hockey, you know, go over and listen to the boys over at Get the Gate. They do great stuff. Um, it's one of the few podcasts I listen to where they actually cover the current day shit because you know most people are kind of ignorant about it. And then uh, the morning skate. You know, speaking of forward line voice, just had an episode over on the morning skate, and uh, they're doing good stuff too and covering the the game today and go check that episode out where they kind of talk about some enforcers and old-time hockey with fourth line voice. So that was definitely a good one too. And then last but not least, of course, Dan, Paul, and Kelly over at the Obey the Puck show. Uh, they kind of cover everything from women's hockey to, uh, jerseys to stadiums, everything, you know, that kind of comes up. So definitely go give them a listen, but, uh, I think that's about all I got for you guys. I don't want to keep this too, too long. Cause of course, you know, you came here for Andre one, not, not myself. yapping. and So, Uh, Without further ado, we'll pass it over to him, so I appreciate you guys for listening, rate and review the show, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks, everybody.
2: This should be good. This should be very good.
0: All right, and here today on the Five for Fighting podcast, we have a guy who is one of my childhood favorites. He is a 2004 Stanley Cup champion, 3,132 career penalty minutes from his time in junior, one Mr. Andre Waugh. Andre, how you doing today, man?
1: Very good. How are you, Big Al?
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic, man. Got my, you know, I got my, my lovely liquor going. So we're gonna see how this fucking goes tonight.
1: <laughs> perfect, perfect. You're all set. <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, well, before we get into your career a little bit, man, I always like to ask, um, you know, what are you up to today? I, um, I know, I, well, I know what you're doing, but uh, for people out there who yeah. don't know, because everybody kind of, you know, here down here in the states, we don't get to see uh, yeah. the show. But what are you up to today?
1: Uh, now I, I'm here, I do TV uh, with RDS, which is like ESPN, uh, ESPN in the States. So uh, I have a show where I go on the road. I do, uh, obviously, guys from Quebec, from the region here in Montreal, Quebec, uh, established in the NHL. So Jonathan Huberto, let's say, uh, in Florida, you know, uh, uh, there's Michael Matheson. If I go in uh, Tampa, there's Cedric Paquette, uh, uh, with Yanni Gourd. so I'll go see te- uh, different teams, guys like that, and try to just do uh, fun stuff with them. You know, I'll uh, whatever. We'll go bowling, go karting, whatever. So I have this show keeps me kind of busy. So it's 22 shows in a season. So it's my sixth or sixth year already. So uh, yeah, I've been doing that, and I'm in studio also once or twice a week here. Uh, in Montreal, uh, doing stuff in studio, so live stuff, and uh, yeah, and the family obviously, uh, with the kids. Uh, I got girls that do cheerleading, so that keeps me busy, and uh, I go see them in different competition across uh, different uh, province, whatever you know, so uh, it keeps me busy, you know. And uh, I play in a uh, beer league charity events still. I still play. For those of you wondering, does he still play? Oh, yeah, he still play. He dominates all the beer league for sure. <laughs> fucking put,
0: putting, up, putting up nothing but points in the beer league stats, eh?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Running guys, you know, they're facing the glass, fuck, keeping the well, Fuck you. Up, so. Yeah, you probably, <laughs> got the, you probably got the most
0: room out there over everybody. Nobody wants to come fucking near you. <laughs>
1: uh it's kind of funny, though, because I do get the puck, and some guys are more, uh, you know, they go, they, I notice that they go more easy on me than other guys, you know? Right, they're not trying to fucking that I switch on you. To, <laughs> yeah, exactly, I, because I, I, I come back on the bench, then I see, let's say, the other guys on my team, whatever, jump on the ice. And then they're in the corner with the same guy that was with me in the corner. And that guy's a little rougher with the, the guy on my team, you know. <laughs> He's kind of throwing him down with the cross checks and that. And then I go in the corner with him. He's like just kind of with his stick kind of trying to get the puck away from me. I'm like, beat it, beat it. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> I know, it but I, I got some space. But obviously <laughs> I'm not looking to prove anything, you know. It's it's for fun. But I think some guys are like man I don't know if I should you know try to go yeah, over that po- line you never know bear. what he's gonna do <laughs> exactly <laughs> don't poke the bear yeah,
0: exactly
2: you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> fucking amen oh man well that's awesome you yeah. know it's funny cause I was looking at some clips of your show up there you have up there on uh, RDS and yeah uh, well of course I don't speak French so I have no clue what the fuck y'all are saying of course but yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. funny you do like these things where you do like parodies of songs and you come out looking like Frank Sinatra or fucking uh, yeah, Freddie yeah, Mercury yeah. Queen and you're fucking <laughs> singing and shit. It's fucking great. Literally all it yeah. reminds me of is uh, fucking Rapid with Waugh back in Tampa.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what I bring, you know. I always like to kind of have fun and, uh, you know, lighten up the, the atmosphere around, you know, the locker room or the boys either in the plane, at the hotel, on the road, whatever, you know. So obviously when i retired they kind of knew i was that type of guy so uh i i just kept doing that once they they reached out to me i think in the year after i retired in uh 2010 whatever so i went in studio i kind of joked around that and then one guy a producer was like man we'd like to have you but we liked that you'd bring like more uh a funny humorous sides so i was like yeah they they didn't know I play. I play a little bit of guitar, enough to uh, around a fire camp with everybody, make <laughs> right. up songs, just you know, kind of fuck around, you know. So, um, so that's what I did. One time I was on air, and they didn't know. I brought up my guitar, and uh, I remember it was Scott Gomez with, with was with the uh, Montreal Canadiens. He was kind of struggling. And I was like uh, talking about Gomez, and then they're like, "Well, thank you, Andre, for coming by." And I was like, "Guys, before before I leave, I, I actually want to kind of, you know, give a little bit of um, maybe this will give a little jump to Gomez or something." I brought a guitar. I want to I want to play a song for him. They're like, "Oh, okay." They kind of didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, they're right. like, "Okay." uh probably, so "What I the fuck is this guy doing?" <laughs> Exactly, so I start playing La Bamba, but I, I put my own lyrics on Scott Gomez, you know, you gotta start scoring, you're paid pretty well, uh, you know, ba-la-la, Bamba, Gomez, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and then they just loved it, the producer's like, oh my god, that was fucking awesome, can you do more of this? So, I was like, oh fuck, what did I just do? So, here I am, seven, eight years later, I'm still doing songs. Once a month, I go on air live, and I, I I make up a song. It can be on Carey Price, the goalies for the for, for the Montreal Canadiens, the goaltender for the Canadiens, or it could be Crosby. It could be you know Stamkos, whatever you know, is a uh, hot uh, hot subject in the week. You know, it can be a Patrick Kane in Chicago, whatever. I do a lot of stuff with the Canadians, obviously, because. People are more about the Canadians here, but if there's something hot around the NHL, I'll do a song on that. So every month, anyway. So it's become a thing. Everybody's like,
2: "Yeah, funny, I love it when you play the guitar
1: just make up songs." So I started doing that, and uh, yeah, here I am, eight nine years later. I'm still playing songs and just fucking around. It's natural. I think I was doing the. A song on the New York Rangers, I know? think it, so. I think it
0: was, too. Yeah, you came in and you had your pants all hiked up and shit like yeah, that. I
1: was yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. fucking great. Thank you, everybody. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Stars spreading to move. Rangers are coming to town. Fucking beautiful. Let's fuck these guys up tonight. Something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, so it just, it's is fun. It's just a good time, you know? <laughs> New York, New York! Yeah, it's beautiful. So,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> fuck. Oh, Ooh. shit, I've got tears coming out my damn eyes over here. But all right, man, we'll fucking hop into your career here, man. I don't want to keep you for too, too long. I know you. I guess I know you're with your family. So we'll kind of get the fucking ball rolling here. But that was fantastic. They're sleeping.
2: Oh, they're already. sleeping already.
1: I'm just oh, drinking well, beer. Is, San,
0: yeah. is Santa Claus going to pay them a visit this year?
1: <laughs> oh yeah! Santa <laughs> Raw walks on his street in the neighborhood, knocks on everyone's door. <laughs> hey, ho, 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 ho. Santa Claus, back backing down! Have you been naughty this year? Ho, 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 ho. I just walk in and drink scotch and whiskey and do the other house. I just can't hammer a good time, you know, around the holidays.
2: They love it here. Oh, fucking A. And for, the, for, those out
1: there, for those
0: out there who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, because <laughs> I know there's people out there that are like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you you could tell So Andre used to have this, it was this little segment in, in Tampa in between like intermissions, yeah. and it was called rappin' with Wah. And you would go around and you'd do different different bits every time. You'd interview players, ask yeah. them questions, and you'd have your own shit. And Santa Wall was definitely one of them. And I always remember that. And me and my buddy, to this day, we still talk about fucking rapping with Wall. <laughs> Every fucking time, and oh it just fucking God. kills me. But that's what it's from. I think there's there's no clips of it on YouTube. There's only one clip of it
1: that I could find. I unfortunately. don't know if there's clips, hey, but 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 you're right. I mean, I, I still go back to Tampa once in a while. They're like, hey, I remember Santa Juana. So yeah, we <laughs> th- that was the gig we they they would put on Sunshine Network, right? Between periods, yep. whatever. And uh, between games, I would just go and interview Dan Boyle, Marty St. Louis, uh, whatever, Andrew Chuck, and Habibu in one talk. Obviously, he's Russian. But, uh, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <no. laughs> <laughs> 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 I must break you. Okay, Habib, go home. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Fucking
0: <A>. Oh, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. But we'd have fun with it, obviously. You know, oh, yeah, it was fantastic different you know uh, what kind of music you listen to uh you know what what whatever you know if uh, if somebody would play you in a movie who which actor would play you so It'd be kind of funny. We'd have a good time with it, you know. So I should go back and move in Tampa and do that again. It was oh, good time. Oh, fucking A, please do. <laughs> 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 Fuck, that'd be, that'd be the only
0: reason I would tune into the games today, because <laughs> just to see rapping with Logan. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. It'd be fun. Oh, man. I miss Tampa, man.
0: Absolutely. Well, fucking A, well, getting into your career here. So, well, you were yeah. actually born in New York. Um did yeah. did you start off as like the typical Canadian kid? Like, well, I mean, well, obviously you were actually born in America, but the typical Canadian thing, yeah. where you know you're pretty much born on skates and you're thrown onto the ice pretty much as soon as you could walk, or did it, did you kind of start playing a little bit later?
1: Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, I was born in New York because uh, my dad is from Montreal. My he met my mom in the states, so she they, they my mom's more American German, whatever. She was in the U.S. And uh, I was born in New York, but I moved back in Canada when I was uh, maybe 10, 12 months old. So I was still a baby, you know. So when I was four years old, I basically started playing hockey, skating and that. And uh, I think by the the age of five, not not I think, for sure, by the age of five, I was playing at the rink with with a bunch of kids. You know, they kind of split the ice in half and you just play hockey. And then I was just dominating, running guys, dropping the mitts already, five-year-old. And, <laughs> really? <laughs> I Fucking A. I'm just kidding. I was about to say, well, <laughs> holy shit, it came real natural for you there. No, but, <laughs> but, but I was a pretty good skater, and I, you know, obviously I was dangling, and uh, I kind of picked it up quick. It's kind of funny, and I loved hockey. I would play hockey on ponds you know outdoor rinks in the streets at school wherever whenever I could play hockey I would you know so I I just loved hockey the game and obviously I watched a lot of it too growing up and uh, uh my minor hockey all my youth you know I was pretty uh I, seriously I was a pretty good player you know I was pretty dominating uh dominant, you know so and uh, i think i started uh when i got drafted in the quebec major junior hockey league that's when uh, i kind of turned things around i was still a good player but i was like there's a guy i was like maybe six one you know i was like 17 years old and this guy i knew played in the queue he was like you know obviously you're a tall guy guys will try to fight you just because you're six one six two whatever i was like really and and if you don't fight they'll pretty much send you back, you know, back home right. and I didn't want that. I I wanted to have a career in that and that's kind of where it ex- escalated, you know. So I, yeah. that's where I started fighting. I was like my I remember first preseason I uh, I did camp and I I fought uh actually it's funny cuz I was in Quebec and I fought Patrick Cote, not the MMA guy, but oh, the I guy I know Patrick I know exactly Côté. who you're talking about. Exactly. He played in the senior league in Quebec, but before that, he was drafted by Dallas. Yeah, he, second he fought, he fought Proverb. Oh, my God. He played in Nashville for quite a bit. Then it kind of went downhill for him. Now he, he you know, it just, uh, I think he had problem uh, right. personal problems, anyways. Yeah, but this guy came to camp. All he did is fight. This guy was, he played in junior uh, eight a year before. I guess he had a ton. Tons of uh, penalty minutes, so I, I, I scored a goal in a, a black-and-white game. He was at camp and kind of cross-checked me, punched me in the face. I said, "What? Well, you want to go? I dropped a miss, never fought on skates, really. So I started chugging fists with him. I took a couple punches in the face, but I was, like, going down, getting back up, going down, getting back up on oh, my, bam, 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 you know, throwing punches. And then at the end, <laughs> we are kind of both bleeding. He, ca- he cracked my nose anyways. I was like, okay, it's not too bad, you know. And then next, uh, we actually came good buddies, you know. We both made the team. And then uh, pre-seasons, too, I had a couple more fights. And they, they kind of like what I brought, big guy, but I could play, too. <laughs> so uh, then I, I just started fighting from there, junior, just because I wanted to play in the NHL. And everybody's like, I wanted to show that like I'm not not afraid of anybody, and I can play, and and I always idle guys like uh, Cam Neely, Rick Tockett, you know, Mark Messier, right. kind of. So like I I wanted to copy that style of play, so I started fighting, and you know that's how I kind of got started. And then I was doing not bad, you know. I dropped the mitts and... Kill guys. I would just fucking throw them, you know. Just go like...
2: Right. So anyways.
1: And then, yeah, I I I end up going to Memorial Cup. I got traded to Shakurimi Memorial Cup. I had good playoffs. Got drafted by the Boston Bruins. And... Came back as a 19-year-old, and then I finished with, uh, in Drummondville, 33 goals, 330 pins, whatever, and I signed with the Bruins. So I was there three years, and their farm team played 12 years, but I think mentally I was probably not ready to... As a 20, 21-year-old to go in the NHL yet, you know, I was kind of impressed to see the Cam Neelys, Ray Bork, Adam Motes, you know, Kevin Stevens. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here, you know? But uh, at 23, I kind of was like, okay, now it's time. I got to, you know, it's probably my last chance. Um, and the Bruins kind of released me. I signed. A, I went to Fort Wayne one year. Then I got 400 pins, close to. Anyways, I was jumping uh, the bench, goalies, starting brawls. You know, climbing in the stands like slap shot. The movie. It was just awesome. Anyways, fans were like, wah wah wah. <laughs> and it was <laughs> so Ottawa. It's funny because Rick Dudley is uh, the GM with Carolina nowadays, and he was a scout for the Senators. And he would come see me at games and meet with me before games. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, we like you, you know. Uh, so just want to let you know, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, so I remember one game, my coach was like, yeah, Ottawa's here, Dudley's here. And I think we're in Cleveland. And just I went on the ice, started running, guys. And I think I got in a fight, couple, whatever. I just want to stir up the pot just to make sure I get noticed. And obviously Dudley liked it, so. Uh, not too long after that, the Sen signed me and uh, a two year deal, including that year and the next year. So uh, I really think that where it changed everything in the course of my career after the Fort Wayne year, I'm 23. Uh, I'm at home in the summer. Obviously, I finished that year. I signed with Ottawa. Oh, fucking awesome. I'm getting ready to party, go out with my buddies because I'm young and dumb, you know. So. But uh, the GM in Ottawa was uh, Marshall Johnson. He called me and said, You know, Andre, we'd like to send you a power skating in North Dakota. We really think it would help you out. And so I was like, Man, uh, yeah, how long? You know, a week? He's like, Yeah, but we're thinking more three weeks. I was like, <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. What do you want me to say? So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be awesome. I hang up the phone. I was like, fuck, really? What the fuck's this guy? Is he kidding me? (laughs) But I I decided to say, you know, for my career, it's probably a good thing. And I really think, honestly, that was the best of my career because I did went to North Dakota Power Skating Monday to, uh, I think it was Monday to Saturday. We only had Sunday off for three weeks, man. I was so in shape because, we we would get up, we'd go on the ice for two and a half, three hours, then we'd go in the gym, then there was boxing, and then uh, we'd finish around 4, 4.30 anyway. So there were long days, but seriously, I got into shape really fast, and it really helped me. Anyways, I came to camp in Ottawa. I was running, guys, I was so in shape. I fought everybody. Not the Senators, but preseason, you know, Nazarov, Kel Holtz, uh, Todd Simpson, I remember whatever and, uh, So, and then uh, as as it went on, uh, there was two guys left at Cam, and I finally made the team. And then in, it went on from there, you know. Uh, fans were great in Ottawa too, you know. They appreciate the physical play in that. So then I got traded to Tampa. Had a good run there. Obviously, uh, you know, I uh, got more and more comfortable. And fans were great in Tampa, man. They just, you know, we won, wow we. It was just awesome, you know. They appreciated the physical part of the game and that. And uh, then we we were fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to win a cup with uh, all the the guys we had there. You know, the Richard Saint Louis LeCavier, Happy Bull, those what, guys. What was that? Uh, what was that
0: like to win a cup? What like? What was the feeling of that?
1: Oh my god, my god, it was, uh, honestly, Ottawa, we always finished first, so I was kind of thinking, man, we could win a cup, but I was in the era where the Leafs, every year, they would beat us, and, and every first round, you know, they would beat us, so I, I was witness of that two years in a row, my third year, I was about to go in the playoffs, then they traded me to Tampa, and uh, I went there, they weren't in the playoffs, whatever, but... When uh, the year after we lost the jersey, second round, and then I think 04 was that the year after where we we'd had that run, and we had a great team that happy and Ned that. But as we went on, you know, we had a great season. I think we were first in our conference, uh, second in the league. So I, I was like, man, we got a great team. There's a good chance. You, you never know, but obviously, I was like, I, I like our chances. So uh, we beat the Islanders first round then the Canadians second round, Montreal third round, Philly in seven. When we beat Philly, I was like, man, I'm going in the finals of the Stanley Cup. I'm four wins away of winning a Stanley Cup. That was, I remember it was so crazy, you know? So I, I kept thinking about it and, uh, you know, I, I was believing Believing it too, you know, obviously slowly, and uh, when it finally happened in seven, obviously with Fedotenko scoring those two goals, whatever. Uh, when when you're on the ice and finally realize, man, we we won the Stanley Cup and I raised that cup. Oh my God! When it what went through my head? It was all my my, because it was up and down, you know. Your minor hockey, there's always, you know jealousy politics whatever and junior was up and down then in the uh, minors too i end up going to the east coast it was a tough my third year in providence with the Bruins. you know i had a little argument with tommy mcvee and uh fuck anyways but uh, you you kind of think back of everything you went through and then finally you, you get to you get to raise the Stanley cup oh, man there's no better feeling than that. So that was awesome. Then we just partied for a week, you know, get hammered and shit. Fuck, it was awesome. I'd do it again. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, man.
0: Absolutely. I remember <laughs>
1: yeah. I was. Uh, and I was the fan. Well, go ahead, man. No, I was just saying, the fan. We we really, I think, as we went on round and round, we, we started bringing more fans, you know, more people, because hockey, obviously, Florida, people are like, yeah, but Tampa was always not bad, the, the yeah. club, the fan base, and, and then I think as we went on, we were getting more and more fans fucking sold out at the, where there was the St. Pete times back in the days, but it was nuts, you know, and. Oh man, we we would go at the ring. It was so loud. I was like, man, we're we're in Tampa. I feel like fuck. It's awesome. And and you know, just uh, I think we brought a lot of people that didn't know much about hockey, but more fans got interested in hockey. And uh, yeah, so just uh, the the feeling when we wanted the the parade. Everybody, we got so much support. What a great. And I tell people that are they're like. Uh, yeah, but in Florida, it's not. I was like, well, Tampa, I, I, I can tell you, people, they're behind the team. They love hockey. They support their team. And, and a lot of people know their game, too. You know, Florida's a little different. It's been a while. And, you know, they probably would need a run in the finals or something to right. probably w- get the same uh, impact over there because I know it's stuff in Florida, sunrise and that, but Tampa, man, it's awesome. You know, it's, uh, so it was a great experience. You were young, and Dad, you were there, right? You witnessed that, or I—I I wasn't there. I was
0: in—I was visiting my grandparents in Iowa because that's where I was originally from. I was seven yeah. years old, and I remember staying up. It was well—I it, mean, it's not even that late, but of course, seven years old. It was so fucking late, staying up to watch that game. And I actually watched—watched uh, yeah. watched all of it on in the basement of my grandparents' house. <laughs> I watched it. and I was on the phone with my family during it because oh, I I'd, yeah. I'd always loved hockey. We were all on the phone on speakerphone, and as soon as the clock hit zero. I'm going crazy. My fucking family on the phone is going crazy <laughs> back home, and it was fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh,
1: yeah. um, well, I, I, I still think of, uh, you know, when we won the cup in the room partying, drinking, and then we go up on the in Tampa at the St. Pete Times Forum, and, and we were in this room up, upstairs, and there's a bunch. There's mostly family and friends, uh, family and friends, and then, I think it's like 3, 30, 4, and then we're like, we're going to Andrew Chuck's house. Everybody <laughs> goes to Andrew Chuck's house. Uh, and then we, we took cabs and shit, you know, we're responsible. So we, <laughs> of we go there and we're just, we get hammered and just have a good time. I remember I was the first guy to just jump in his pool with my suit, with the cup, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm... French kissing this cup. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody's jumping in a pool, and we're like, Woohoo It was just a good time, and oh, my God, good times.
0: Oh, fucking Ugh. it. That's great, man. Yeah, what a time yeah. that was, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, I, it's, yeah. it's funny, because I can remember, like, it's yesterday. It's, like, one of the memories that was forever, like, engraved in my brain. Oh, I yeah. was watching that game downstairs. Yeah. Um, you know, going over some of the guys you fought, you know, so I couldn't find much on your junior while I was researching because I mean, well, I mean it was back in '94, so it's going to be hard to find some shit. Yeah. But one guy you did fight, and we we really talked about him before we started the podcast, was uh old Joel the Animal, Joel Terrio, What was it like fighting him in juniors?
1: Yeah, yeah, Joel. Uh, it's funny because uh, first time I fought him, I was eighteen. I th- he might be one year younger than me. Yeah, he's probably a year younger than me, and he was fighting everybody. And I remember, I didn't think he knew who I was. And uh, he hit me, and I, I kind of punched him in the chest. He's like, "You want to go?" I was like, "Let's go." But I, I think he was like, "That's gonna be a walk." And then I just started throwing rights. I fed him pretty good. He was so pissed off. He's trying to. He'd get back at me once he was down the rest, You know he was, a, and then the next year, as a nineteen-year-old, he was getting tougher and tougher. And I think he he was using a lot of creatine. Let's say that. <laughs> Lots
0: of chicken and rice.
1: <laughs> exactly, he got bigger and stronger, and he was pretty tough. And then he came back. And I remember he challenged me. I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And then. I would say he had the better of me on that one, but I still hung in there. Just He threw probably a little more punches. I exchanged punches with him, but I could feel he was stronger, man. He was, you know, just the way he kind of uh, he grabbed me and he was kind of yanking me like run, uh, back and forth, you know. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's a little stronger than, <laughs> than he was the year before, you know. Right. Wow, the creatine really works. Yeah, Chicken it and rice, anyway, <laughs> but, Chicken, rice, creatine, <clears> and <throat> some, uh, some fucking
0: whey protein. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I, I would say the next year he had the edge on me, but uh, yeah, definitely pretty tough. And I remember he got drafted by Washington, went to camp there. I think he fought a little, uh, couple guys, but he wasn't the best player. I think you still needed to be able to play, you know. So I think he played a little bit with the Portland Pirates, which was the farm team of the Washington uh, Capitals. But after that, I don't know. I think East goes and he starts playing the senior league. And uh, I saw some of the footage on him in the senior league. Oh, my God. They don't call him the animal for nothing. Oh, eh? fuck. He's
0: crazy out there in that old the. uh Oh, my
1: God. The I don't man. know what, what he eats and drinks or whatever puts in his body. But, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty scary. Tough Absolutely. as fuck, though, I got to say. Oh, fuck yeah,
0: yeah man. Yeah. Um, well, um, so... A couple other guys I wanted to ask you about. Well, one, I want to get to the Kote fight eventually, uh, which we discussed that before. I think, fuck, it was probably like a year ago we were fucking at the bar. Um, Yeah, 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 exactly. But you happen to fight another guy who's uh, actually recently signed in the— he hasn't played a game yet, I don't think, but he recently signed back in the LNH, was a legendary enforcer Donald Brashear. What was it like fighting old Brash?
1: Brash is—he uh, was probably one of the best in his era. Honestly, uh, I think in Vancouver and Philly, uh, that's where he had his best years. You know, uh, right? I think so too. Because once he got to once he yeah. got to the
0: Rangers in Washington, that was kind of the back nine yeah. of his career. But that uh, those yeah,
1: he was Canucks exactly. and fucking uh, was,
0: what, what yeah. Yep.
1: He was slowing down a little bit, but this guy, man, fuck, he was probably one of the best in the league for sure. Brash was just so strong, honestly. He's huge, too. He's he's built like a bodybuilder. Uh, I remember when whenever I fought him, one thing I noticed is when – like he was a type of guy that kind of you know you would he, we'd square off he'd be in front of you kind of you kinda just going uh, with his hands you know in your face and you're like okay what's he doing what? I know he was a lefty but I but he would just want to get in once he would grab a hold of you you know oh my God you could feel his strength you know he was so strong you know you would just like to grab. You by the shoulder or inside your biceps, and then shake the shit out of you. And then he would just get going lefties, you know, ba 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 all left. But it, it, I think what what he was uh, his advantage was his strength. You know, he was just so strong. You know, he would just grab you and shake the shit out of you. You know, and uh, yeah, tough. You know, is probably not the hardest puncher. Uh, but just so strong. You could still feel him, you know, a couple lefties, boom, boom, boom. But uh, uh, it was, I think, all about strength. You know, this guy was just so strong, man. He would just, that's what his advantage, he would just grab guys and just fucking throw them down and just punch them and you know. So uh, they, they were definitely uh, good fights and, and tough fights and uh, would get me... Uh, they would get me pretty much, uh, stressed out, you know, obviously every fight though, every guy, any guy that says, yeah, it was easy walking apart. Fuck you. No way. Every fight, you're always a little nervous, always, you know, wired, you know, you think about whoever you're going to fight, but when it's a tough guy, like I remember Bugarda, I was like, I, you know, you don't sleep much. The Brashears, uh, the, Domi, I remember my first steps in the NHL was with Ottawa, the rivalry with Toronto, Ottawa. Fuck, I didn't sleep much. Ty Domi, I was like, oh my God, you know. So um, I was pretty, it was nerve wracking, you know. I wouldn't sleep much, but I'd come to the ring, drink two coffees, two Red Bulls, two Sudafeds, push ups, sit ups, <laughs> shadow boxing, <laughs> right. trying to get myself going, you know uh but but yeah definitely uh you know they they were pretty uh it's funny because uh some some games you know you would get all wired up you know obviously there's tough guys every team had tough guys and some games I would get ready and I was like okay tonight I'm gonna go this guy so I would get ready didn't sleep much and Whatever, I'd take a Red Bull and I always try to get myself going before games, you know, shadow boxing, da-da-da-da. And then the the period would start, penalties, penalties, and then you jump on the ice, the other guys not on the ice come back. Then second period, it's a 1-1 game, we don't see the ice. Third period, you know, you get one shift, the other guy's not really there, get off the ice. And then the game finishes. You play like five shifts, whatever. I'd go back home. Back home, and I'd be so tired. I'd be like, I, I played twenty five minutes, but just the the adrenaline, the rush I had in me, you know, it, it would just uh, I would just give out. I'd be like, oh my god, because you were so wired, you know, just to fight, and the the it's so tough mentally because. You have to be ready mentally, and then your body, you're so wired up, you want to get ready, and adrenaline, sometimes you play four or five shifts, three minutes, four minutes, and then after the game, you're just dead, dead just because, you know, you got so wired up and nothing happened. But I'd go back home, and I'd be like, holy cow, fuck, I'm fucking dead. Two beers, I'd be hammered, you know, back home. Right, crazy. Well, it's a tough living for sure, man. Tough living.
0: But, I remember uh, you you telling you know. me about it, and you you know the way you described yeah. it was you it was. You know, you like the fighting. The fighting was fine, but it was that buildup, yeah. the, the leading up to it. Yeah. But after the fight happened, it was fine, and you actually enjoyed the fighting. But just that building up, and that's what people don't understand—like that big aspect that kind of goes into the role that you had.
2: Exactly, was that
0: building up, and you know, like you said, you, you go out and you don't even fight him, and then this cycle starts all over again. Because then you look at the schedule the next day, <laughs> yeah. like, oh fuck, I, I got to yeah. play, know I, I got Andrew Peters coming up in Buffalo, like fuck, and then he's exactly. cycle starts all over again. Um,
1: exactly. It's, uh, it's three, four games a week. Then Peter's, then Colton Orr, then Sean Thornton, and then it, it goes on. You know, you're always like, okay, I gotta ready, I gotta get ready, I gotta get ready. Jody Shelley, and then, you know, it's just uh, so. Uh, these are fucking animals, job, man. These dudes are t-
0: fucking huge. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. But but Tampa. I remember when I came back from Pitt uh, I, I remember talking on the phone with Vinny LaCavia, and he was like, man, we we don't have anybody. The teams run us. They make fun of us, kind of like the game nowadays.
0: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> so, every team's uh, like that now. And, That's the sad part.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I was in Pitt with Eric Cairns, and I was Celtic Scratch, and I remember we played Tampa, and I grabbed Jay Feaster, our GM in Tampa, and I said, Jay, seriously, if you guys need a guy, energy guy, whatever, I'd be more than glad to come back to Tampa. And I think he's like, we, we'd we love to have you. I remember we exchanged words like that in Pith in the garage by the bus. I was like, all right, take care. I didn't know where, where this would lead, but two weeks later, man, Tampa... They acquire me back, you know. So, man, I remember going back to Tampa, and I, I was healthy scratch for, I think, five, six, seven games in a row. And Torch told me, he's like, yeah, you're you're in tonight. We're playing Buffalo. And then Peter is like, I'm fucking going. Peter's first fucking shit, you know. <laughs> right. And I knew Vinny. Uh, the team was getting banged up and pushed around and that Obviously, I jump on the ice, Peter's there, I go right at him, let's fucking go, and then the crowd, the building went fucking nuts, it was so loud, man, it was like, <sighs> and I remember I, I fought Peter's, uh, you know, it went pretty well, you know, I was pretty wired up anyways, but, uh. Went back to the bench and the crowd was like, Yeah, why? And the next games, uh, I started hearing the chant, We won, wow We won. I'll never remember, uh, I'll never forget that. It was, you know, that obviously fans, you know, they love the, 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 the Stamkos and the Kucherov, and back then it was St. Louis, Lacavie and those guys. And I get that, you know, but but just to get the support for, from fans for. For what I did, I, I oh my God, it was so it was so much a thrill. I felt appreciated for what I brought to the team, what I did, you know. So I at one point I felt like I had to, I owed the crowd something. So when they they would yell, "We want why, jump on the ice, I would just want to run, guys, and fight. Let's go! <laughs> so. Uh, but, but so, those are some of the best memories I've had. I, I love Tampa. I always tell people best, best years are in Tampa Bay for me. I no doubt man, you know so uh,
2: absolutely. I, think, I,
1: I talk about it and I still have the shivers. It, it was mm-hmm. such awesome man. Awesome time there.
0: Fuck yeah, man. Oh you know, like you said, everybody loved the Vinnies and the Stamkoses and the uh, you know Saint Louis and everything. Yeah. But you know, yeah. fucking it was always Woff for me. It was always you. That was it. Fucking you and yeah. uh you and Dingman were the two that I always fucking yeah. loved. And then uh then it became canopica of course, but yeah. I remember. I remember yeah, me and absolutely. my buddy. We were so happy when you, we found out you came back. We were like, "Oh fuck!" Like, and we were so disappointed because every game we'd watch, <laughs> it would be it would be healthy scratch, healthy scratch. We're like, "Fuck, man, when are they gonna throw a wand? And then that game versus Peters, I still remember. We were literally in his living room, and we both like stood yeah. up off the couch, and we're sitting there like fucking shadow boxing in the fucking living room just because we're so fucking. <laughs> oh, hyped yeah, for it. Eh? I, oh fuck, Let's see. What year was that? And that would have been like 2006. So at that point, I think I would have been maybe I think 11. Yeah. And so we're just so fucking hyped for it.
1: <laughs>
0: we, we loved it, man. It was absolutely hey, fantastic.
1: So funny because when I was 11, I, I w- obviously I watched the Montreal Canadiens growing up, and my era was Chris Nyland Knuckles. Fucking rights, uh, man. Shane,
0: absolutely. Shane
1: Corson. Shane Corson, Lilo Deline, amen. I remember when they would fight, I, I would do the exact same thing as you did. I would be up <laughs> in my living room. Yeah! Fucking mom! fucking that same right oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people fucking love those guys. They love them, you know? So oh, Nylon I mean, is still treated was...
0: like a god up there, man. They love oh, him yeah, up there, yeah. in Montreal.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, they fucking love him here for sure, man legend for sure knuckles i i love him too I, and i did tell him before i met him and i told him i was like you're one of my childhood uh <laughs> idols you know growing up for sure so he right was, he was tough as fuck eh, knuckles like uh, oh fuck man cool so
0: tough i love well, he's my literally my that's my favorite enforcer of all time and you wouldn't even yeah. think about it because of course i never even saw him play but just all the clips yeah. and then that last gladiators documentary really fucking made me love him too oh yeah um, no
1: shit but, Irish kid out of Boston's tough as fuck. Fuck yeah! <laughs> uh,
0: did Bruh. you? Well, actually, before we get into jerseys, because I know you have a little jersey trick that you had, and if anybody watched your fight videos, they'd be able to see what it was. But um, before we go on to that, you told me a story before about Tortorella, and it was he yeah. wasn't playing yet, and he was kind of saying like, you know, ah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, and I don't know if you're bringing it this year. And what did you kind of do to, you know, show him you wanted to play?
1: Oh yeah, that that time in uh, preseason there—is uh, that the the one you're talking about? Oh the, yes, where, it is.
0: Uh, I think it was against Carolina, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly
1: I, I yeah, exactly. So I um, I think we, we we had a lot of preseason games that year, and they still do. I think seven, eight games. I think we had nine games that year, and I I played like the first six in a row, uh, six seven in a row. I was always dressed up and. I didn't fight anybody for six, seven games, their preseason. I had a couple guys hey, Roy, you want to go? I was like, beat it, fucking little fucking. <laughs> Fuck off, know, kid. <laughs> make the team, you little fucking midget. But anyway, no, no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but uh, nothing against uh, small people. Uh, it's just an, expre- it's just a, an expression, okay? I, I don't want anybody to be insulted. Uh, you know, just make the team. And uh, I didn't cause I because I could see a full season ahead of me, playoffs and that. So I was like, uh, I didn't want to really fight. And I was like, Torts know what I can bring to the team. I don't need to go and cross that line. I'll just try to play and prove on my game. So I think I played six, seven. Then I didn't play. Maybe I didn't play the eight game or seven game. And then there was one game left in preseason. So Torts... Uh, before preseason game, we're playing the Hurricanes. And he's like, uh, he brings, Andre, come in my office. I say, oh, okay. So I go in his office. He's like, uh, yeah, so uh, how do you think you played so far? How's camp going for you? I say, yeah, good. I'm trying to, you know, improve on my game, that Oh, real. So you like your camp so far? It's like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, so far I'm getting, you know, ready for the regular season. It's like, whoa, fuck. I don't know what you're watching, but fuck, I haven't seen shit. Seriously, uh, I, I'm gonna be straight honest with you, but fuck you, you're there's guys way ahead of you, young guys that you know. I, I don't even know if you're gonna be on the roster starting the regular season. I was like, huh? <clears throat> I, I was all shocked and shit. What the what, what the fuck is this all about? So he's like, yeah, I, I don't think you're you're preseason so far. You haven't showed me shit. I haven't seen anything that you know. Uh, really uh, sparked my attentions towards you, but I haven't even noticed you in preseason, you know. It just So to be honest, like I said, I, I'm not sure if you're going to be here or if you're going to be on the regular roster as the start of season. So I just want to let you know, you know, there's one game left, you know. You, you do your thing, I'm just telling you, you know. You know what you can bring to the team. I was like, yeah, exactly, you know. I, well, I know, you You got to show me because, like I said, there's – Three, four, five guys ahead of you right now. So, like I said, so I leave the office and I'm fuming. I'm pissed off as fuck, obviously. And I, I think that's what he wanted to do, you know. So, preseason, I'm skating warm-ups and I'm fucking pissed off. I'm fucking, you know. So, the uh, game starts and Joey Tedarenko, he was a pretty tough guy, you know, playing minors mostly, but he was with Carolina trying to make – Leave a good impression for the the Canes there. And the first shift, he comes right at me. He's like, yeah, hey, Roy, you want to go? I was like, Fucking rights, we're going. So I dropped the mitts <laughs> and I, I think I had the best of Tetarenko. I just pummeled them. Bah, 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 bah. So Tedarenko went down. Then I skid kind of towards our bench and I pointed towards, Is that fucking good for you? Is that okay for you? I was so fucking pissed off, you know? And then I went to the box and I was so fucking pissed, man. I remember I was. And I was fucking staring at him and fucking. And then, anyways, and then I, I came back to, to the bench and, you know, a little tab, good job. Then he gave me a lot of ice. I played. I, I think I got one or maybe two assists in the game. We, we You know, it was a good game for me anyway. Fucking right. And next day, next day it was pretty much, you know, the assistants, uh, they, they came talk to me, you know, uh, you know, towards, I know you had a meeting with him yesterday before. The, well, he's, that's what he wanted to see out of you. So I was like, well, okay. So he's happy. He's like, yeah, he's very happy. You know, that's what he wanted to see. And it worked. So I think he wanted to push the buttons to get me going. And it worked. You know? Yeah, fucking so, it uh, worked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but I think that's something that Torts did. You know, he was hard on you, but he, I think he's trying to get the best out of you, too. So.
0: Right, we well, got a couple more for you, man. I, you know, I know we're running on almost forty-five yeah. minutes here, and I know I don't want to keep you too, too long. Yeah. Um, oh, no,
2: no.
0: So, you had this. You know, well, I, you actually had a few fights with him, but uh, take us through the. No, I almost said Patrick Cote. Take us through the Riley Cote fight. What kind of happened there?
1: Yeah. Well, we had a we had a couple scraps. I mean, Cote, pretty tough kid, lefty. You know, uh, good. Sh- I think he's in good shape. Worked out a lot, did a lot of boxing, MMA, whatever. Uh, but uh, we had a couple good scraps, and uh, yeah, that time in Tampa, I fought him in the first period. I think I had a little edge on him, and that one, and uh, second period, I'm on the ice. We kind of had a little. Uh, a little, uh, brawl, not brawl, but a little, uh, there was some rough stuff after the whistle. Everybody had somebody. And then Kote, he was kind of fresh off the bench and, uh, kind of came at me, grabbed me and he wanted to fucking go again. And I was like, ah, fuck, I was kind of a little tired. You know, I was on the ice, whatever, 30 seconds and that, but, uh, doesn't take anything away from him. Tough kid that, you know, I, I, I could have used, uh, used my judgment, but, you know, he was like, let's fucking go, let's go. He dropped his mitts, and as I looked around, all the rest were busy grabbing other guys. <laughs> right. Everybody had a guy. It was some a little scrum after a whistle. So I was like, oh, fuck, let's fucking go again. So I dropped the mitts, and, you know, I uh, um, uh, I remember him. Gra- he's a lefty, he grabbed my, my sleeve, and then I pulled my arm underneath. I would like, you know, whenever I had – you know, sleeves, whatever. Guys would grab him, and sometimes I'd come underneath and get my elbow pad off, and maybe have my arm free so I could throw. You know, so I remember him grabbing my sleeve, and then I tried to pull out and took my elbow pad off. But I was doing the, as I'm doing that. I remember him coming with a big left, and I was like, oh fuck! And you know, it just kind of came quick. You know, I I didn't expect it. I think I went in maybe two. Not overconfident, nonchalant, maybe just, you know, uh, he's going to back up, give me time to square off and that, but he didn't, you know, so as I took my elbow pad off, he came in with that left and hit me right on the chin, right in the bonus spot, and, uh, fuck, my my legs kind of buckled, you know, I, I had like a whip flash instant right there, so... Uh, he caught me. What do you want to do? And it was—I think it was—it's probably one of the first time in my career. Like I've fought and I've had whip flash where I fight, you take punches, and you see kind of you know uh, whip flash, whatever, uh, like like little stars or you know like for two seconds, then you come back or grab the guy. But this one kind of was a whip flash. My knee buckles and next thing I know, I was on the ice. But then five seconds back I'm like, oh fuck. I kinda realize oh uh, he hit me, he caught me, you know, so I went to the bench and obviously I'm pretty sour. I'm like, oh my God, this never happened to me and then you have the uh you have this this feeling that you let your teammates down and then I think about family, friends, all the crowd, it's gonna be on the highlights, all that you feel just it's just a worse feeling. You're like, fuck me, man. I, I, I feel, you know, it's like in Slapshot. I feel shame. So um, I, uh, so next thing, I, I go to the penalty box. And uh, as, I, as I'm in the penalty box, they keep showing the replay. Eh? So they're showing the replay. And uh, fans are chirping me,
2: yeah, right. La, 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 la. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the the period ends, and I go in the room. towards like, can I see you? Can I, Are you okay? So I, I go see him. He's like, Are you okay? Can I play? I was like, Yeah, you can play me. Actually, you know what, towards I'm gonna start the third period. If I fought him the first, second, I'm gonna fucking fight him first shift in the third period. Then you coach your team. You do whatever you fucking want. Then Thor's like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do it. You stay here. I was like, I'm not staying here. Fuck you. And, and I was like, I'm going to start the third period. Put me out there. They're going to put him, and I'll fucking fight him. He's like, no, 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 no. I can't put you out there. You stay here. Get undressed. Thor loved that shit. Get undressed. I'm like, fuck you. I was so pissed. I'm not getting undressed. Fuck that fucking, you know, I, I just thought. I was so fucking, no, irrespectful, you know, to get tell me to get undressed. Night after night, and in and out, I fucking, night in and night out, I fight all the fucking tough guys in the league. So I just thought, you know, at one point, I was like, fuck that. I'm not getting undressed. So I'm in the room. That guy's like, okay? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine, I'm fine. So towards, I go. he goes to the bench, and I go right on the bench, you know. So obviously I'm on the bench. He keeps showing the replay and that. And then I just want to go on the ice, but obviously Kote's not on the ice. They're they're just playing two and a half lines, three lines, whatever. So I, uh, at one point, Scott Hartnell skated by the bench, chirped me with something. So during a TV time, I, I kind of TV time out, I kind of tried to jump on the ice and go after him. Linesman grabbed me and that's what you see on YouTube. And, and I got to say, I'm not proud of this. This, if I could erase that clip on YouTube, you know, I was trying to reach out the guy who put it, but even if he erase it, I'm sure it's going to probably appear, whatever it's there, you know, but, uh, then I snap, I give the slash throw gesture cause I just lost it. I just, just all the emotion. I was kind of sad and mad at the same time, disappointed I felt uh, a little bit embarrassed too, you know, all these emotion goes through your mind and shit. So, um, uh, with the fans chirping me, I didn't get that chance to kind of, you know, go back at it and try and maybe prove that fuck that it was a lucky punch, whatever, which I think it was, but cause I fought him a couple of times, but I couldn't do that. So I'm on the bench short sat me down that, and like I said, I'm not proud of that moment, but I just lost it. I snap and shit. and uh, so the game finished. I went in the room and I uh, just went the bus. We went to Jersey and then Jersey, Jay Feaster called me in his room, told me basically I was going back to Tampa and I was like we had two games on the road trip left. I was like, Why? He's like Torts not gonna play you, he doesn't want you around the team. It's like, Why? Eh, fuck because I I I went too far, maybe I snap. Does he even know what the fuck it feels like to get in the fight? So Uh, You know, after what I did, like, yeah, but uh, Jay's like, you know what Torts is like, you know how he is and my way to high I was like, still, you're the GM. You're going to let that go? He's like, well, yeah, I don't want anything to come out of this. I don't want this to – and I understand Jay didn't want this to blow out, you know, out of proportion. proportion. And I was like – at one point, I was like so fed up. I was like, okay, you know what, fuck this. I'm going back to Tampa and – so I just went back to Tampa. Torch kind of told me to stay away from the team. So that was, uh, you know, th- those are moments that that why I, I'm kind of sometimes I appreciate that I won the cup and that, but there's other moments like that. You know, I, I, I wish that I, I wish I would have had the support like some of my teammates said, hey, you know, we, we appreciate what you do. It happens. Don't worry about it. But Torch was more about, Fucking stay away, go home. He didn't talk to me and shit. So that kind of pissed me off, you know. I think. uh, And then uh, I was away from the team at one point. I think Vanilla Cavi, a couple guys told Torts, you know, Andre should come back with the team. And then I eventually came back with the team. And uh, I never heard from Torts and that, you know, even Sullivan, Mike Sullivan was there. Nobody would talk to me. I was scratched after night after night, I think, for. 12 to 15 games left in the season. I never played another fucking game the rest of the year, so (laughs) I just thought it was a little... uh... Anyways, but, uh, you know, it's a tough job, and, and, you know, in in these moments, I would like to have the support uh, more than just go home and stay away from the team, you know, but that's part of uh, one of the the incidents with Torch that that was difficult for me, honestly, anyway, so
0: right yeah well I mean it's understandable cool. man fucking you're in a tough spot because your your job out there is to obviously go out there and and fight yeah and so your one exactly. job and you, you know you I won't say you didn't do it because obviously you had the balls to drop the guns of kote but you ended up losing and that's your biggest fear is losing a fight that's yeah, that exactly. anticipation that you have building up to the fight you don't want to yeah. lose and you you replay that fight a thousand times in your fucking head um, oh so you know it's understandable, God. and you know I'm sure I'm sure that you know Vinny and them held nothing against you. Well, obviously, they wanted you back, and they wanted no, no, to be on no, the team no, of course. Exactly. Um, so you
1: know, I, I the, the guys like the the guys like St. Louis Le Cavalier, Richard, uh, whatever Luke, which Sarah Richard was more. Uh, they saw like uh, a, a skill players that a skill player that has a bad game. You know, just come back, bounce back from that. You know. So you lost, uh, you you got hit on the kisser, lucky punch, whatever. Just bounce back from that. Don't worry about it. But to me, it was more, uh, I just felt, fuck, all kinds of emotion. Like I said, it's tough because it's a tough job, and you just want to bounce back from that, you know. I I just wish I would have been reinserted in the lineup, like, fuck, two games later, and I could have fucking grabbed someone. Okay, he's back, fucking rights, but no torch go home, you're away from the team, fuck you. And, you know, I just thought it was cheap from him to to treat me like that after everything I I went through and done for the team because obviously it's a tough job. I I did it, but, you know, it's it's part of the game and it's for the team too, you know, so, uh, yeah, so anyways. Right. What do you want to (laughs) do?
0: Exactly. Well, I got two (laughs) two more questions for you, man. That's it, and then we'll get you on your way. Um. You know, I, you well, you remember the last time we saw each other. Well, I guess the only time we fucking saw each yeah. other. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a Jersey guy, so I always like to collect the uh, the game-worn jerseys, and I happen to have one of yours. At
1: Tendo, we were at Penthouse Club in Tampa by the... the, the
0: by the airport, <laughs> yeah. My fiance <laughs> hear that shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Just yeah. kidding, everybody. Yeah, Settle well, down. Oh
0: fuck, we were at the uh, we, we were, were at, the, at
1: Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, we're at the ball pit. <laughs> no, we were at the
0: fucking uh, what's that one? The Odyssey three thousand or Odyssey two thousand? The fucking old strip joint with the UFO on top.
1: Of it. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know that, that one.
2: one?
0: Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Oh yeah. Um, but no, man, so you, you happen to actually do a jersey customization. We, well, one, you wore you wore a bigger style jersey, and that was the kind of the, the thing with Cote, how you happened to yeah. kind of get caught a little bit. You, you weren't able to get your arm out, so you always wore a bigger jersey. But yeah. You also put another yeah. fight strap on on the front. So kind of ex- explain what to people what the purpose of that fight strap on the front is.
1: Yeah. The one in front, I, I got in and saw because some guys would uh, – as it went on, the the style changed. Like I remember coming in the league and I would fight like in uh, juniors, kind of grab the guys uh, right arm and just toe to toe, boom, boom, boom. You know, we'd be close to each other. But as it went on, the, the Andrew Peters, McGratton, and even Peter Worrell, with their reach, the guys with the long, even Jody Shelley excelled at it. Uh, they would grab in front of the jersey right by your chin and and they would use their reach and just fight sideways and throw, you know, their their right or left haymakers whatever. So but guys like Domi, I know was good at it. He would just grab that jersey under your chin in front of your face and he would pull it upwards toward your face so you couldn't see all the way to your forehead so you'd right. be like, ah, "I can't see." And then he would throw punches. So that's why I had the uh, chin strap installed um, the chin strap, that strap install, I mean, in front and in the back, cause we, we need the, the tie down in the back, but in front too. So the guy would try to put it up. It would be tied down in front too. So that's something that the trainer uh, added to my Jersey. Obviously I think a lot of guys had it, had that too. Um, and then the, the bigger sleeves, it was just, uh, cause some guys would just um, <laughs> grab your arms and it would uh, it would be called a seat belt kind of because they would just tie down your arms and then you're stuck. You can't even throw a punch, you know, when you fight guys that are so strong like Brashier or or Simon or whatever, you know. So, <clears throat> right, I would have bigger bigger sleeves. So if he grabbed me, I would pull my arm back towards my body. And, and and then I would just come underneath and take my arm out. Then I'd have my whole arm out so I could throw punches uh, towards the guy. So that was pretty much so. A lot of guys, too, or the Velcro, but they, they got rid of that rule, too. Some guys would have the tight sleeves, but as soon as you would grab the sleeve, a Velcro would unlatch, and then the sleeve would be as huge as a goalie jersey. <laughs> then you're all loose and just get out of your jersey like Probert used to a robbery back think, in the day. Yeah, those, you know? uh,
0: the old Velcro sleeves. I think that was old Basil McRae and John Cordick. I know the guy that actually owns yeah, the Cordick ex- one.
1: exactly. And then all the rules came in. You know, you need your tie down. If your jersey come off, you're out of the game. So, uh, but, but you still were allowed to have the big sleeve, so I would have a bigger sleeve. You know, I would kind of tuck it into my elbow pad, whatever, but when I get a scrap, the guy, when he grabbed my sleeve, I could maybe come come underneath and get my arm free, so I could throw punches. So that's basically it. But a lot of guys had it had that, you know, also. So, uh, but then the, the 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 type of fighting, like I said, uh, grabbing to the uh, chest of the jersey. A lot of guys with the reach would just throw uh, bombs, you know, and just like we still nowadays, McGratton, Colton, or. All those guys, Jody, Shelley, they would, they would use that style. So that kind of came in after, and uh, yeah. So, uh, but every fighter had their own uh, adjustments and uh, technique, you know. On jerseys, either big sleeves or velcros in front, in the back, whatever. Uh, you know, some guys would pour, or put maybe some. Uh, Maybe a little bit of Vaseline on their sleeves just so it's more slippery. Right. Uh, I know we, we had also Tuscan, you know, that's used to, to hold wraps on your wrists, which is like something that you spray on your wrists and it's super sticky or whatever whenever you injury you need a taping it's super sticky then you tape it off but some guys would use it on their knuckles too so it would be super sticky so when you punch you would connect and split the guys open so there's so much stuff Robbery used to use a uh, uh, a razor, exacto razor, that was uh, nice, you know, to open boxes. Yep. And he would just do all kinds of cuts on his helmet So and put his head down so when you punch his helmet, you would split your knuckles open, you know. So I think it was uh, Bar- Barnaby <laughs>
0: posted a picture of old Kevin Kaminsky's helmet, and Kaminsky did that shit too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, Kaminsky did that. I think I heard robbery. A lot of guys use Vaseline, their face... Uh, just so punches slip, you know, away. But so everybody has their own little thing, you know. So uh, yeah, I would just uh, drink a six pack before game just to be relaxed. That'd be my thing.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Um, well, man, I got one last question for you, and we'll fuck it. yeah. yeah call yeah. it there, but ahead, you know, nothing crazy. <laughs> but if you if you could do it all again, would you do it?
1: If I can play in the NHL that way, I would If do you it again. If you had
0: to do it all again, would you do it?
1: If it if I can go to the NHL, that'd be my my only way to make it in the NHL? Fuck yeah, I would do it again.
0: Fucking, oh, yeah, that's what I like to hear.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, fuck, fuck. yeah. Yep. You know, if they say, fuck, you're not skilled enough, fighting will get you there, fuck it, I'll do it. Fuck, let's do it. I'll start fighting everybody. Fuck, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, fucking oh, yeah, A, you, sure, d- you know? did
0: it. You had three over 3,000 <laughs> PIMs starting from juniors, and you, you got a Stanley Cup to your name. What more could you fucking ask after that, right?
1: Oh, exactly. You're right, because I, I look back on my career, and a lot of people has, uh, have told me that. You know, they're like, Andre, you if you think about it, you've played over, you know, 10 years in the NHL. I played in minors four years, but, uh, and you have a cup, you know, you, you fuck over 500, whatever games. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, obviously I'm, I'm more than the average, you know, player. A lot of guys, you know, haven't uh, reached that, that, uh, certain amount of games or, uh, see, uh, years in their career. So, Obviously I'm pretty uh, when I look back I, I take a step back and I re I look at whatever, you know, I accomplished, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, where I'm at today, for sure.
0: Absolutely, fucking man. Right. Well fucking I, I a I, I still you. wish I still
1: wish I would have made Vanilla Cavalier's money, you know, because I wouldn't be working anymore. <laughs> right? <I just>
0: <laughs> you know what, man? I think even if you then. I think even if you did make Vinny's money, you'd still be making fucking songs on RDS, though.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'd have a fucking YouTube thing or uh, whatever podcast, and uh, just me and a tongue and fucking around, chugging beers and shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, you know, I can't thank you okay, enough. Right. I <laughs> can't thank you Woo! enough for coming on man um, You know it's no been problem. unreal You know the whole the whole week I had Where I was with Chris Nyland My favorite player of all time And I get to meet my yeah. favorite fucking lightning player of all time it was ridiculous, and now I got you on the podcast. So this yeah. has been fucking unreal, man. Can't thank you enough for coming on. Always a pleasure. Next time, you, next pleasure. time you're down here in Tampa, or you're in Orlando again. Well, you know when we when we go to Odyssey 2000 yeah. again. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, when, we're, when we're up in the UFO we'll go again.
2: Three yeah. you and Me, Alex. We go three king. Woo.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I I I'm gonna be a sight for sore eyes there, bud. <laughs> um, but next time you're in town, man, we definitely got to meet up again and grab some fucking beers.
1: Fucking right. Anytime. It'd be my pleasure, man. Fucking right.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Andre. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. I like Anytime, any time, man. So we'll keep in touch. And, uh, yeah,
2: we'll for see sure, each man. other
1: soon. I'm sure. Thank have- you to everybody listening. And, uh, I, I le- I'll say hi to everybody in the area in Florida, whatever that we're, uh, fans or whatever, but, uh, Thanks for being uh, there and listening to this. All the best with your podcast.
0: Fucking a, give me a shout on RDS. We'll get this thing really going. Now you don't <laughs> fucking a. Woo!
2: <laughs> what is up,
1: baby? Don't hurt me. <laughs> All right.
0: Oh fucking a, man. You have yourself a good night, brother.
1: Right All right, Alex. Take care, buddy. Bye. <laughs> Thanks.
2: You gotta fight For your right